Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. We are on to our last episode of Frequently Asked Questions, and this episode is all about centers and stations. Now, I know we're a few weeks into the school year, and you're like, oh my gosh, I already have these running, or oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about getting these running. Either way, I think there's always space to level up your centers, whether you are a rock star veteran, and you're like, I got this, I know what it is. There's always, to me, opportunities to switch it up, which is what I really love about this field. What could we do differently? What could we add in? What could we make better? And if you are brand new and if you are or you are new to special ed or you just have a really challenging caseload this year, centers and running that really effectively may not quite be on your radar yet, but I want to give you a gentle nudge here to start to think about setting this up. Because once you get these rotations going, you can accomplish so much in your classroom. If you teach a highly differentiated group, you should be doing very little whole group instruction. Meaning if you teach kids that are all different skill sets, working at all different grade levels, you should be teaching in small groups so you can provide that differentiated, individualized instruction. That is going to decrease problem behaviors. That is going to increase independence and efficiency. But it can be really overwhelming to get started with setting up those centers and those rotations. So that's probably the question I get the most. And we'll start here. How do I get started with centers? How do I even, I don't even know where to start. If you're like, oh my gosh, that's the overwhelm for me is even getting started. The first step is grouping your students. You want to group your students with similar goals, 
who are working on similar skills so you can provide some instruction in a group. Now, your kids may not yet be fluent at turn-taking or attending to their peers, and that's okay. You can work on that in the group, but it'll help your organization and streamline your planning if you have students with similar skills in one group because we can work on things at the same time. You have those materials out already. So group students based on the skill set they are at. Then you want to decide certain centers in your classroom that you can rotate between. Um, This could be a center with you, a center with your paraprofessional, and an independent center. And every 15 minutes you rotate between those three centers. You want to think about how many centers to have in that rotation based on how many groups you have, how many staff you have. You can incorporate independent activities, break activities, leisure activities. They don't all have to be teacher-focused. And they don't always have to run in this nice like 15-minute block because sometimes kids are in and out for inclusion classes and lunch and therapies that it might not run so nicely, but you want to block those out within your day. To me, this has to be done on a spreadsheet, on Excel, on Google Sheets, so you can really see when everyone is doing each group. So think about where you'll get your IEP goals done. Think about what your paraprofessionals can be running and plot out where they're going to rotate and how. And then the last piece is how the student is going to understand this rotation. So you need an individual student schedule for this. This doesn't have to have pictures, but it has to be visual. Now visual means text. Visual means color coding. Visual means photos. Visual means board maker. You need some type of a visual way to explain this rotation. We all use visuals. We all use visual mini schedules. That's how we know to be at work on time. That's how we know when our own specials are, right? You got a visual mini schedule from your principal at the start of the year that said when your school day, you know, non-negotiable items are. So that could be something written out. It could be something with pictures. And that's how you're going to get your students to know where they're supposed to go and when. Now, this is important. When you start the first few times running centers, the work at each center is not going to be challenging or aversive or any type of a demand. The work at each center is going to be fun. Maybe you have Play-Doh at one center. You've got Bubbles at another. You've got Puzzles. We've got Sudoku. Whatever level your kids are at, it's fun things. It's things they're going to enjoy doing because the work – Right when you get started, the demand is learning how to rotate between the centers, not doing the hard work at each center. So you want to take any of the challenge away from the work in the center and keep the challenge on establishing that routine, establishing that process, and teach that. That might take weeks if you teach those little guys, and that's okay. That's the goal for our early learners is learning how to follow routines. So teach that routine. Fade your prompts. Start small here. Once we get started, that's where a bunch of other questions come up. You know, what are other students doing while you are working with students, right? What if you're super short-staffed? All these questions kind of go hand in hand. If you're super super short-staffed or you have no staff, you can still be running centers. You could have a center where you are working with a small group of students, and then maybe you have two independent centers that students check in on. Maybe you have an independent center and a break center. Maybe you have multiple types of rec leisure, right? Where they're doing word searches, crossword puzzles. Those are great skills and ways to build independence. So if you are short-staffed, you could have more independent centers. If students are working with paraprofessionals at other centers, that's what they're doing while you're working with a group. So think creatively about what other students can be doing when you're working with those small groups. 
Next question I get a lot along the lines of what we were just talking about. What about students who can't work independently yet? What do we do with those students? So if you teach early childhood, if you teach learners working on foundational level skills, I recommend you still have an independent work center in your classroom. And the goal of this center is building independence. You may never get to full independence, but you want to make progress. You want to have students do tasks more and more independently throughout the year. So this means that that would require some staff support. And you want to really train your team on how to fade prompts. This means being strategic on where they sit, on how much help they give, on how you set up that independent work center. With independent work centers, we don't want the staff sitting right next to them. We want them sitting behind them. So they are building up how independent they are. Let's say you teach preschool. You might end the year with students still not being able to work independently on those work tasks, but maybe they're doing a lot more steps on their own than they were in August. That's the goal, is just having more independence than the day before, the week before, the month before. So still have that independent center that you're working on building independence at. Another question is, what centers could my paraprofessionals run? And the options are pretty endless here. I mean, your paraprofessionals can be really running any type of center. Like I said, an independent center is a great one. Fluency center, they can be running direct instruction centers, groups, guided reading groups, circle time, managing playtime or break area. Really any center that you have in the classroom that you could be teaching, your paraprofessional could be running too. Of course, you as the teacher are doing the work to set up that center and establish the activities and the data sheets and create that schedule and then go back to our staff training episode from last week and really train that team member on how to run that center. But giving that autonomy and giving that role as the educator in that center is really, really important. I think this is how I had the most success with some paraprofessionals was really giving them that role of, hey, this is what you are in charge of. And that's really motivating. That's fun, right? Seeing that success and progress on those data sheets that students are having is kind of addicting. And I want to do it more and more. And I see that I am the one teaching these skills. That is a super powerful thing you can do for those clinici- those paraprofessionals in your classroom. So really empower them and give them their space. Give them that autonomy on that center after you set it up. And let them be the one that's teaching those skills. All right, we're going to keep this centers episode short and sweet. Take home points. Start small. Remove the work when you're teaching the process. Include your paraprofessionals. And get creative if you have limited staff or students that are not independent yet. Start working towards that independence. Teaching in small groups is going to allow you to teach at those students' level. And they are going to make so much more academic progress when you can provide that individualization for each of your students. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. 
or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.